0: We're, we're slovenly, slovenly, we're feeling-y, we're really kinda of dumb. We're Terry, Char, and Lisa, all, all here, here to have some fun. So guard your holes, let's make, make some rolls and talk So no coffee. coffee, I do have tea, tea. I on
1: some black tea. It's really low caffeine That's count bad. on it, but it's something
2: what black co- what black tea has low caffeine count what did you find low caffeine
1: compared to my coffee that i drink it's not oh well yeah, yeah. <laughs> not, not, not it's not like it's like a, a less caffeinated black tea like black tea has plenty of caffeine but compared to you know six heaping cups of coffee it's not really gonna do the job i gotta do like 12 of these to add up to my normal mm. coffee intake
2: and then by the time you consume all of it, you're gonna pee all of it out. Because exactly, it doesn't really well cups uh, of tea. Yeah,
1: it doesn't really go well with trying to run a podcast. So. No. So, Lissa, your level of enthusiasm, I'm I'm appreciating <laughs> it. That's all.
3: That's what I'm here for. You appreciating my level of enthusiasm. I,
1: okay. All right.
0: <laughs> I
1: guess I can work with that. <laughs> Uh, So without further ado, let's get started. Hello and welcome to the Cave Trolls Podcast. My name is Terry Smith and with me, as always, are two halves of the Slovenly Trolls. Sharday, how are you doing today?
2: I'm doing great because I have coffee.
1: Oh, yeah, right. (laughs) And the sleepier half of the Slovenly Trolls. Lissa, how's it going?
3: Hi. Yes, I sleep. (laughs)
2: i'm wow. so glad we cleared up the rumors today that <laughs> lissa does in fact sleep
3: she is not a vampire yeah um, but she does still hang it upside down
1: from her roof so ah yeah,
3: yeah 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 it's an aesthetic listen it's an aesthetic <laughs> She's yeah, an it's aesthetic definitely a bond. vampire
2: she's like if she would if she had a role in what what we do in the shadows she would be a vampire that fed off of aesthetics you know
1: right, mm-hmm. right. yeah um it'd be too scary for her um <laughs> the, the horror vibe would be good at first And then it would just be horror-like and Listen, to
3: Terry Terry, if I'm the horror, it's not scary for me
1: Right, okay Oh,
2: okay, okay. you you don't scare yourself? Well, that is scary
1: to me to know, <laughs> So yourself. if you were to star in more horror movies You'd watch more with us, is what you're saying
3: Uh, probably Because the I know where the jump scares are And, and you just I love watching yourself know on the, the plot. screen So Plus, mm. yes, I'm just Bane like that. You know, <laughs> also, who is who is us? I hate horror movies.
1: The <laughs> yes, royal us,
2: to
0: the, the royal <laughs> the we. Royal
1: you know, us. Like, time, time, time. <laughs> me and the gu- little guy in my pocket.
0: <laughs> okay. <laughs> that's little what my that's pocket. what
1: my mom would always say when I would say us. She's like, you talking about the little guy in your pocket? And it was not cute back then, but I'd I like throwing it out every once in a while with my kids now.
0: <laughs>
1: they don't think I'm funny at all.
2: Oh uh, well, kids usually don't think parents are funny. No,
1: all. no, I found out a lot of kids think their parents are funny, just my kids don't. Oh really? <laughs> yes. I definitely
2: thought my parents were funny, if that makes you feel better.
1: <laughs> yeah, I've heard your dad tell jokes. That makes sense. If
2: if you Google dad jokes in the dictionary, it's the definition of dad jokes, which my dad is, is the definition I've
1: of dad only jokes. talked to your father a few times, but every time it was like, let's talk about the like the automotive industries because we live yeah, in the Midwest he knows a and lot then lot. radios.
2: Yeah, well he, he had jobs in both of those fields I know, yeah. So he's he's a big expert in both of those
1: things. Me too, right? So like <laughs> it was like, oh this is entertaining. But uh but yeah, that's about as deep as the conversation went. And I was like, I'm gonna go yeah. talk to Chardet now. And then I just
2: <laughs> out of the room. I'm much more interesting than my dad, thank you.
1: <laughs> yeah, I yeah, you dad. know, I just like you know, we were friends. I am not friends with your father. No offense. No. None taken. (laughs) (laughs) Question mark. All right. So we said we get started, and I lied. Apparently. So first up, it's our bits and bobs section where we talk about all the games and supplements coming out to your TTRPG table. Uh, first up, we have Diablo inspired Abaddon has a real darkest dungeon vibe to it. Now, listen here, Dicebreaker. I know you carry the weight of this entire show, but mm-hmm. that headline has like 15 things going on. Uh, mm-hmm. So, which vibe is it? Diablo inspired, but it's got a darkest dungeon vibe. Like, pick a lane here, I Matt mean- Jarvis of Dicebreaker. <laughs>
2: It looks like Darkest Dungeon aesthetic, but maybe Diablo like mechanics?
1: It's definitely that. I'm giving Matt a lot okay. of shit. It's a very good <laughs> article. You should go read it. That's why we always drop the headline's name <laughs> and who wrote it. Give them full credit for doing all this amazing work for us. Um, and also, they're totally right, just for the record. <laughs> <laughs>
0: definitely members. has that darkest...
1: Exactly. It has that Darkest Dungeon aesthetic. Um And uh, it's got, like, the Diablo-inspired gameplay, which is hard to say for, like, an actual TTRPG when you're saying, oh, it's inspired by the video game. But it definitely has that hack-and-slash mentality. Um, So I'm going to read directly from the article. An upcoming RPG mixes Grim Fantasy World of Diablo with the uh, Grim Fantasy artwork of Darkest Dungeon and a role-playing experience powered by a standard deck of playing cards. Uh, designer artist Andy Lever's Abaddon, the 13 Seals, openly draws inspiration from the two video games and in stark fantasy settings of Haven, into which players' adventures must crawl into all manner of gloomy dungeons and mysterious caves in order to stop the emergence of the Lord of Demons, Diab. I mean, Abaddon.
0: All right, that that was fun. You did a good
1: job there. Um, But yeah, it's pretty straightforward, I would say, when it comes to how the game is displayed with the 52 cards, um, plus two Jokers, which actually uh, play a part, which not always happens in these. uh, So a little bit of an interesting thing there. But the main draw, in my opinion, is... uh, So there's a fate weaver, which is like the GM stand-in, that actually takes place. A lot of times you see these card-based TTRPGs. It's meant to be GM-less. This has a GM, so you can kind of weave the narrative. Uh, it's super dark horror fantasy because of the whole Diablo type vibe. So you know you have cultists, you have dark shit, you have <laughs> sacrifices. Um, it's, uh,
2: it's up your alley. <laughs> exactly,
1: and also like the the card mechanic oh, wow. is more like uh, poker esque, where you're like you're or blackjack, where you're trying to hit a desired number with the dealing. Um, so it's a little bit more intuitive in my opinion, compared to some of the more storytelling aspects of, oh, let's look at this chart. What does this card mean? Um, Mm -hmm. like the, the playing card deck does that too. But when it comes to actually playing the game, it's a little bit more intuitive for people who maybe haven't picked up a million of these types of TTRPGs
2: nice so it's like it's uh it's new player friendly
1: yes exactly um the kickstarter's not out yet i'll put a link to it uh so you can get notified when it comes out uh three to five player uh enjoy uh there they've done a couple other things from lost haven i believe and i I believe they were a little bit cheaper so i don't expect this to break the bank uh so look forward to that if i'm wrong tell me you know you can curse me out on social media and be like it was actually really expensive but then still buy it because support indie (laughs)
0: characters
1: <laughs> any thoughts on abaddon the 13 seals
2: i wish the kickstarter was live so i knew more about it I know <laughs> but that, like, like from exactly. from the pitch it's like it's interesting but here i don't i've never played darkest dungeon and i've never played diablo but i do know of them so i'm excited for people who like those things who are probably much more like they have like a more visceral reaction than i do but i know i i i know that reference but <laughs> i don't know that reference you know
1: well, you nailed it. Like You obviously have seen some stuff for Darkest Dungeon, because that is the art style for Abaddon. And then, Yeah,
2: well, it's on my know. Steam wish list, and nobody's bought it for me. My birthday's coming up.
1: I soon. wonder if I... I think I might <laughs> have a code for it, because when it first came out, I was reviewing video games.
2: Oh, right. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. Uh,
1: it's, it's
0: been out a while now, yeah. And
1: I, I, That's a lot of my games... I know it sounds like I'm just rolling the dough. A lot of my Steam games come from, like... Uh, from at the time, yeah, I was getting a lot of indie codes for stuff. Hell yeah, um, which was awesome. But I had no time to play because I was like a new dad at the time.
2: <laughs> so, right, um, like what were you gonna do? Just like do WASD the mouse and then like a newborn <laughs> like balanced on your
1: chest. I don't think that would work. And well, when that's they're not when they're very very newborn, crazy. actually. So don't don't tell anybody this, so you can get like all the credit if you have a kid and you're like, oh, it's so difficult or whatever. There's a like not not all kids are the same, of course, but newborns you do get a lot of that extra downtime because a lot of what you're doing is just making sure they're breathing. They're asleep Yeah, yeah, though.
3: yeah, yeah. So, like, mm-hmm. you can have them
1: sit in your chest or, like, in a bassinet or, like, a little rocker or whatever. You set that thing right next to you, next to the mm-hmm. PC, and you can still game, all right? You know, you look over every 30 seconds if you're paranoid like me. Uh-huh. Um, Just okay, still breathing. Okay, let's go back to the raid, and, yeah, and you're good. I've
2: literally played video games with my goddaughter in my lap and also my nephew in my lap. Exactly. <laughs> like, it's both just, of them. Perfect. Just, like... I just sit crisscross applesauce, put them in my lap, make sure they're okay. They squirmy-wormy a little bit. I have the controller in my hand. It's great.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, speaking of that, uh, my nephew was born yesterday, so shout out. Yay!
3: Um, oh, congratulations. Yeah. Thank
1: you. So now I'm a, I'm a triple uncle because they have a wow. bigger sister, and I have another nephew, Chris. Shout out to Chris uh wonderful dude he's an adult now so (laughs) my uncle duties are mostly we text about spider-man but
2: (laughs) that's a great uncle duty though Uh, i
0: try my best
1: um but yeah but but yeah so shout out thank you i I would say more names but i like to give anonymity to the family they don't need to be roped into our shenanigans
2: no they don't need to be harassed
1: yeah, you know, we get a lot of harassment from <laughs> our TTRPG show. You know what we really get harassment for is when we're like, hey, we don't play this game. And the internet's like, what's wrong with you, you sons of bitches? And then How
2: fucking dare we're you? We're going to
1: murder you because you don't like Pathfinder 2nd Edition or whatever. <laughs> A lot of powered by the apocalypse hate which speaking of which it's going to come up on the list today we got a powered by the apocalypse game oh so. my gosh
2: i bet you're so excited
1: i'm i'm oh, honestly i'm always so excited for the powered by the apocalypse <laughs> ip and like the world that they have and then it's like that system and i'm like oh man well i'll look at Damn the pretty it. pictures <laughs> all right moving on we have the simpsons and earthbound inspired this creepy suburban tabletop rpg setting that is one eclectic mix That is, Um, I would
2: assume, to be at a tabletop table. That's interesting.
1: Yeah, that is an interesting one. This comes from Alex Meehan over at Dicebreaker um a nice little ad for read pop uh a new tabletop role-playing game <laughs> setting takes inspiration from the likes of the simpsons earthbound and the works of david lynch uh yeah you know throw some twin peaks and everything you're doing
2: david lynch yeah
0: what is
1: this uh man and you look at it you're like okay i see it like it's all claymation style so it's called suburbia the envy of a million spheres ah. The tabletop RPG setting puts players into a fictional world dominated by suburban bliss. Intended to be played with the Troika gameplay system. Shout out to Troika. We've talked about that here. Suburbia has players exploring a surreal and psychedelic world populated by all sorts of creepy organizations. All of which are hell-bent on upholding the peace of the neighborhood. I'm getting some, like, for the greater good vibes here. Uh, Mm -hmm. uh, You know, like the... um, Uh, The hot fuzz, you know, that kind of thing.
2: Ah, yeah, 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 sure, sure, sure.
1: I'm -hmm. really digging this. Uh, So... Taking inspiration from the bizarre, hyper-Americanized look and feel of the classic Super Nintendo video game Earthbound. Shout out to Earthbound. Awesome game. If you like RPGs, go check out Earthbound. Which has become a cult classic thing to its unique presentation and musings on modern American life. Suburbia has players encountering the likes of the Viridian Maids and Friendly Neighborhood Watch. As well as stirrings of the occult and the burdens of nightmares. Yeah, that sounds right with a game called Suburbia. Um, The Envy of a Million Spheres so troika system uh claymation art style with super americana uh type things going on this is creepy as hell Um, i'm gonna have nightmares about it in all the best ways (laughs) uh what do you two think of suburbia (laughs)
2: <laughs> I real okay. quiet.
1: There's nothing. You well, think I was nothing. waiting to see
2: if Lissa had anything to say because it's such a unique art style.
3: Lissa, what do you think of the anything. damn claymation? <laughs> I think it looks awesome. Um, I honestly, honestly, I'm just here for uh, manual arts at yeah. this point. Anybody who does puts in the love and labor of manually making something, like claymation yeah. or even painting it or you know, like doing the traditional art style kind of thing and then having to... that Because that is a pain in the ass. I'm not saying like digital art is not a pain in the ass, but it's like such a different thing and then to have to make it digital and put it in. And I just, yeah, my my greatest respect for anyone doing claymation. Also, it looks really fucked up, um, which I love. (laughs) (laughs) It's 10 out of 10, no notes
1: yeah 100 like it's, it's creepy as hell looking and like claymation always cool. kind of has that creepy vibe um there's just For something sure. about the way that it moves so and but even in stills right i like, guess this isn't claymation it is just clay artwork that they've taken pictures of um but still it has that aesthetic that is just a little off-putting which works really well with the vibe of what they're trying to get here sharday what do you think of uh suburbia
2: I mean same thing I think it's super unique approach art style wise it's something we've never seen before I don't think on this podcast like doing claymation style clay art for an RPG, a TTRPG, is just so interesting to me. And it's, like, I think eclectic is the word you used. I think that's the perfect word to describe just, like, how this game is presenting itself. <laughs> um, I think when I look at this, I'm like, oh, so this is, like, a film bro TTRPG, which has a niche. I'm sh- absolutely sure there are c- there's crossover there. There's not a doubt in my mind. So I could just imagine somebody who's, like, super into, like, David Lynch and super into, like the strange curio side of things being super, super into this.
1: Yeah. Like I got a lot of buddies that are like, uh, I call them like the eighties weirdos where it's like, Oh, I loved like the first season of the Simpsons combined with twin peaks Mm. combined with weird NES games that no one's heard of. Um, and like that is this game, like all rolled into Mm -hmm. one. Uh, Mm -hmm. so like, I just, I'm picturing a couple of them wearing Hawaiian shirts, non ironically, uh smoking cigarettes indoors playing this game and uh i'm sure that's gonna happen across the country when this game comes out um i won't be there because i don't like most of those things i just said uh my uh, you know give or take a few but uh i really really dig that we've been seeing more games using the trika system this is like the fourth one we've mentioned in two weeks um you just Mm -hmm. don't see that really often and that's a I wouldn't say little-known system, because if you play a lot of TTRPGs, uh, it it probably pops up. But it's cool to see it's not everything being in Powered by the Apocalypse or uh, Forged in the Dark. Like We're starting to see some other games inspire uh, inspire other stuff, so that's kind of cool to see. And also, not 5th edition. No, No shade to anyone making 5th edition stuff, but there's a lot of it.
3: But Terry, when you said you don't vibe with those things that you listed above, was it the Hawaiian shirts specifically that you yes, not vibe with?
1: Yes, and probably just smoking indoors. Uh, I, I do actually uh, really like Twin Peaks, and I do really like NES and SNES games, so I guess I don't know what the fuck I'm talking about. Um, <laughs> like I'd probably play this game as long as we're not smoking at the table. <laughs> <laughs> but listen, like the people that I'm thinking of, like that's like a main part <laughs> of the draw of those 80s things. <laughs> Uh, listen, if you don't have those types Mm -hmm. of friends, why are you even listening to this show? Like, you don't get it.
3: Why am I (laughs) listening to this show specifically is what I'm asking myself. (laughs) Why am I here?
1: Why? Uh, Walk that back. Don't question it. Just keep listening. Uh, (laughs) uh, For the sake of the numbers that we have to devote our lives to.
2: For the analytics.
1: (laughs) Next up, the War of the Ring, the card game maker, expands its RPG footprint with indie book Fantasy World. Um, That's not weird, generic typing, explaining what we're about to talk about. The game is literally called Fantasy World. Um this comes from Chase uh-huh. Carter over at Dicebreaker. Yeah, that's exactly what I said. I was like, how have I not heard of this? I'm like, oh, well, I wouldn't have known if I had. Uh because yeah. it's called Fantasy World. Uh anyways, uh if you missed the crowdfunding campaign last year for a little RPG rulebook called Fantasy World, board game publisher Aries Games is giving everyone another chance by adding the indie creation to its small but growing stable of role-playing titles. Fantasy World was designed by Alessandro Perotti and Luca Mariani and published by Ms. Edzioni who also handled Ares Games' Knights of the Round Academy, uh, Academy, (laughs) Academy, RPG. (laughs) Man, I need the caffeine. (laughs) Um, I have heard of Knights of the Round Academy. Uh, The pair successfully crowdfunded their project on Kickstarter in May 2021, and this deal will provide much wider distribution for Core Rulebook and its setting anthology supplement, Fantasy World, and it does have a subtitle, Cosmohedron. So you might be able to Google it. There's some discoverability in the SEO. It's not just fantasy world. Um, The designers state that fantasy world may not be the first part by the apocalypse inspired RPG to drink heavily from the fantasy well, but it aims to draw in a, bunch of contemporary ideas surrounding role play and genre to- uh storytelling players inhabit a world's fused in magic and mystery but lacking in the way of sprawling civilization as they tell emergent stories about their character the ties that bind them and the nature of the seemingly endless world around them now in my opinion a lot of that sounds a little um generic uh yeah,
2: broad uh
1: but i mean it, it's gotten a lot of love online so people must have really like their last title um but if you want to check out Cosmohedron uh Fantasy Worlds 228 page core rulebook $40 price point like that's not bad if you're gonna jump into a new game that's a pretty generous in my opinion and people Mm -hmm. love Powered by the Apocalypse so what are you two thinking about this Sade?
2: Well, when the uh, the title started with War of the Ring, I started hearing circus music. because uh, it sounded so much like Lord of the Rings. And I'm just like, I don't I'm not I'm not interested in that. But then you started talking more and now I'm more interested in it. That's just
1: another <laughs> game that they've published. So.
2: Yeah, I know. I, I I got that. I'm like, oh no, not another Lord of the Rings like spin-off. Like what how many times can I say <laughs> I don't like Tolkien or Lord of the Rings on this podcast? Uh, take a drink every time I say that. What? Um but <laughs> <laughs> I know this is brand new information for Lissa. We just finished an entire episode of The Slovenly Trolls where I got to tell our audience for the first time how much I don't love Lord of the Rings or Tolkien. <laughs> <laughs> Which the fact that we got two years without me saying that was baffling.
1: We did lose Chardé a second ago. Lissa, what do you think about uh, Fantasy World Cosmohedron?
3: I, it, it seems like. I mean, I love the fact that it's uh, powered by the apocalypse-inspired.
1: <laughs> have you played yes. Powered by the Apocalypse?
3: I have actually. Yeah, um, so are, are you I played. Um, it? it was interesting because I played Monster of the Week.
1: Yeah. Okay. Yeah, Monster of the Week's one of, the, in my opinion, like the best ones that have done it.
3: Mm, mm-hmm. So like, I I don't hate it or anything. I think it's really interesting compared to sort of the um how do you say at the very systematic gameplay especially like combat of D mm-hmm.
0: specifically mm-hmm.
3: um which was very weird because there there was no uh initiative order or anything you just say what you do and things happen and i was like this is so this is so freeing like it was like the possibilities are endless <laughs> like what am i supposed to do
0: yeah, like I'm not waiting for
3: my turn. And
1: then just you, do whatever. you just, but my like, you can do whatever in D and D too. But like, yeah, it, but it's you, the exact... you
3: have a, you have like initiative. You have to wait for your turn. You have like an action and bonus action when you like play combat with the rules. But when we had combat, it was just like, yeah, you just go whatever. And I'm like what do you mean you go whatever what does that mean shout out what you want to do
1: right like and uh and the way th- that part i do like and i like a lot of games that play that and that's kind of what we do in our D table as well within mm. some reason um but the thing that, that specifically that i had a hard time with is with D, it's like whatever you want to do and then you roll that thing that matches whereas mm. with with Powered by the Apocalypse, it's like you can do whatever you want, but you got to kind of shoehorn it into one of the moves that your playbook has. Mm-hmm. Um, and that part really broke my brain, I think. And I don't, I don't like having to. Well, I guess I could justify this being this type of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, that's why I prefer like I, I like the openness of it, but yeah. Um, but you having only played like a few systems, did you prefer that more narrative gameplay from Powered?
3: I think it was definitely interesting because it it sort of gave you more freedom to, especially like if you have like a whole bunch of, I hate like when in D&D, like you have a bunch of ideas of like, this is what my character would do, like Mm -hmm. in A, B, C, D, E, like you have a whole set of things that you want to do, but like you've lost the fun of it, like Mm -hmm. the three rounds in, and you're like, well, everything's already changed because I plan to do this, this, and this but now that you know the person's moved over here because somebody else did something like this now I'm, like i have to rethink everything you know <laughs> so, so like in the way that powered by the apocalypse you can just be like well i have this elaborate plan which will take me in D like five turns but i can carry it out in powered by the apocalypse just in co- in sequence
1: 100%. which is amazing and, like, that's I, – I think the the way that, like, my group operates with a lot of those games is, okay, we're playing Power Rangers. I want to do a backflip, and as I backflip, I want to shoot the bad guy, like, mid-backflip. And with d d that's, that's several turns, right? Yeah. It's uh, so, like
3: you, you two take your action to do a backflip, but then you have a bonus action. But I but I can't <laughs> shoot the bad guy with my bonus action. So now I'm going to spend my bonus action flipping him off or, like, yelling you know, like, at him <laughs> that he's a you know, an, an asshole. And then, like, the next round comes, and now I can shoot him. But now I'm, but now I'm not doing a backflip while shooting him. Like, and that's I'm, not I'm less
1: cool. cool. And, and yeah. Exactly. And a lot of that comes down to D&D has that weird, well, it's six seconds of combat. Uh, Which is so strange for each turn, but it's, like, the same six seconds? Like, they're supposed to happen, like, at the same time?
3: Yeah, they're happening at the same time, but it's still, like, in order and time slowed down.
1: Exactly. So, like, that part is just sometimes hard to justify doing cool cinematic stuff, whereas a lot of other games that are cinematic is, like, well, if you can justify it as a turn we'll be okay with it. That's kind of like what Powered by the Apocalypse does. There are some games that go, hey, listen, we're going to go even more into the minutiae, even more into the crunch, and makes it a little bit more justifiable. So, like, GURPS is one of my favorite games. Each round of combat is one second. So, yes, it does take several turns to do your thing, but they go really fast. So it's like, okay, on my turn, I want to do a backflip, so I'm going to get a running start first turn. And then everybody else gets their turn, but they go so fast because you get one second. So everyone kind of knows what they're going to do, and you can kind of still justify it. And then as a GM, you recap it, same as what you're supposed to do in D&D, but it's a little bit easier because it's been, you know, one second. (laughs) So you can wrap up you're like, okay, so someone's ready for a back So it's like going in slow motion, but a little bit more justifiable. Um uh, yeah, But we were talking about a different game, and I'm talking about <laughs> D&D mechanics. Oh, uh, man. Uh, I see Sharday's, uh joined the Discord call again. Uh, Shardae, are you back?
2: Ah, uh, Suspicious.
1: I, well, we'll see. We'll see. Do you want to finish out your rant? What did you think of uh finish? I
2: forgot what I was going with it. <laughs> so, um, no. No, no thank you. Worlds. We'll
1: just move on. It's all good. Um, <laughs> me and Lisa carried it. It's fine. Good. I mean,
2: you guys usually do. Why am I even here? I don't know. know. I don't know. We should probably stop paying her,
1: too, Lissa. What do you think?
3: Yeah, yeah. just kick her off.
1: Okay. Uh, I'll I'll do that paperwork after the show. Next up, Noska meets Mad Max RPG Eco-Mofos. Does climate post-apocalypse with a heavy dose of hope. Weird hope, not grimdark in quotations, says Chase Carter from Dicebreaker. Uh,
0: this
3: one is so cool. I know like, that, like
1: the, everything about this is awesome. So let's face it, the world is fracked. The powers that be, Silicon Valley trillionaires, a frozen and brittle political system, and every ardent defender of late-stage capitalism sealed that deal. But that's no reason to give in to some dismal nihilism, such as the message and tone of the upcoming tabletop RPG EcoMofos, two exclamation points. Its crowdfunding campaign promises extremely specific. Vibes that won't leave you jaded. EcoMofos is the creation of copy and paste co-op members, Daniel Locke and David Blandy, which they describe as a mid future ecopunk ruin delving survival game built to run in the Into the Odd Cairn and all of its OSR ilk. Uh, awesome games. Go check out Into the Odd or any of those other systems. Uh, that means there's tons of delving into the decrepit abandoned holes, no character levels, and plenty of weird, weird, gnarled junk with esoteric and, if you're unlucky, massively powerful potential. So, if you don't know what Into the Odd is, it's a pretty simple OSR, so that old school role playing where you just have your character sheet and that's it that's what you go in with and uh it's really straightforward you have a hub city or base that needs help to fund a revolution and to fund that revolution you go under the city to dive for super powerful magical items and you try to survive the dungeon to bring back your spoils to you know take down the bourgeoisie and it's a really really cool game. So them like just copying pasting that that idea onto, in my opinion, a little bit less of a generic world. Which into the odds world's not generic, but it still is kind of straightforward fantasy. Uh, I think Eco sounds fucking awesome. Uh, definitely going to back this. So uh, what are you two thinking, Lissa? What do you think of Eco Mofo's?
3: I think it sounds really rad. Um, <laughs> as in our previous. Not the current one that's coming out, but in our previous episode, we went through what Grimdark was, mm-hmm. and now I know. I don't know what Weird Hope is, but I know what Grimdark is. And it says okay. I was hope. like, I know that. <laughs> weird, weird Hope, not Grimdark. I now know sort of what it's talking about. It's not Grimdark, but it's Weird Hope. I don't know what Weird Hope is, but it sounds weird, so I think I'm gonna like it.
1: I think Weird Hope is that kind of, like, dystopian, but not, like, the world is ending as much as, like, oh, maybe mm-hmm. we can do something about it. um yeah. Type vibe that you get from a lot of uh, cyberpunk-type worlds.
0: Yeah. Um,
1: uh, Tank Girl, I think, would fit into that category. Mm-hmm. Um, but Weird Hope, from what I can see online, is kind of they've kind of coined it. So the only thing that came up was literally eco-mofos.
0: Okay. Oh,
2: interesting. Uh, well, but, I... I...
3: Yeah. Anything that has like eco stuff to it and is trying to do like their own thing, which this sounds like it's trying to do, that very much their own thing, like they had an idea and now they're running with it. I I fully, fully support anyone doing something and then calling it weird hope and eco punk. Hello.
1: <laughs> I love it so like in the, One of the paragraphs in here the world building centers On life after the complete collapse of modern Society to a climate based apocalypse Those without money to flee into space Or underground in massive bunkers Still cling to life on a blasted irradiated Surface instead of immediately killing each other uh, Off and resorting to weird Cannibalism and gasoline hoardy, hoarding These remnants <laughs> instead <laughs> Rolled up their sleeves and set about Building a future out of the rubble which I'm guessing is the hope aspect which is Really really neat eco-mophos came out of wanting to bring together several of my passions, says the creator. Simple rule sets, procedural play, and climate justice and awareness, Blandy said in a press release. I gave gave it a big, dumb name to go with its big, dumb attitude. (laughs) The game's a snarling but hopeful vision of the future, not shying away from the fact that work has to be done and changes have to be made. Um, The game's weird, hope-not-grim-dark tone is coupled with OSR's rules-light approach to adventuring. Character creation is simple but evocative, and these eco-punks accrue adaptations, substances, or machines that change their body in wild and unpredictable ways. They'll likely gain burdens along the way, especially when tensions run high and all that mental and emotional load will take up valuable space until the characters can remove or incorporate it through specific requirements. Um, so you get a 150-page core rule book that has everything you need to play uh the artwork is really cool it's given me um into the odd vibes but also those like 80s playing card things like yeah like really swim. retro
3: yeah. retro like pinks and purples and blues and it looks amazing
1: 100% sharday what are you thinking about eco mofos
2: i mean i share a lot of the same sentiments i don't <laughs> I <have> a lot <laughs> I don't really have a lot to add it looks super it looks super rad and it has just such like this clear vision that is just so refreshing to see and I really really am intrigued by this especially like you know being somebody who's played a lot of like the Fallout franchise and having that like very uh grim post-apocalyptic like vibes and I've seen all that before and like having that flipped on its head is very intriguing and nice to see
1: (laughs) i i am i'm super excited about this now i I love into the odd that's one of my favorite games that came out of the last few years and uh if you head over to the kickstarter you can get the entire uh binary level pdf rulebook for 15 bucks um the tech level for 20 and it's like a a spiral around uh actual printed out rulebook And uh, the OG Punk Level for $35, actually uh, $45 US, um, gets you a little bit of everything. You get the PDF and like a really high scale book hard copy. So uh not too bad uh when it comes to pricing they have some higher tiers with like an art book and some printouts and a few other things but if you want to just play the game and get everything and a really nice uh, handy copy 45 bucks is not too bad for a book in my opinion of this caliber uh if you uh want to tell us if you've played it or have checked it out please let me know i don't know anybody who's played this yet Uh, normally i have somebody who's like oh at gen con i messed around with this or whatever but i did not even know about eco mofos so please please hit me up um moving on sharday are you still here with us for now (laughs) for now just in spirit (laughs) Uh, (laughs) uh, gloomhaven ttrpg will expand to include frosthaven settings so we've talked a little bit about gloomhaven it's uh a really good, in my opinion, replacement. If you can't play D&D with a group, if you can't find somebody online or you don't want to, um, it scratches a lot of that itch when it comes to gameplay. Uh, It's a really, really fantastic board game with uh, a map that as you beat scenarios with uh, the card-based kind of D&D combat, uh, you get allowed to open boxes out of the board game. So, like, you've leveled up three times, so you're allowed to open up the next box, which has either... Stuff to add to one of your existing classes, like it's leveling up, like new cards for the deck, or things to put on the map, like stickers saying, okay, this dungeon has been crushed, so you can't go to this dungeon. It's really, really cool... Um, they've made a video game version of it and they were finally working on an actual TTRPG version of it, which is really interesting, really full circle when you have, uh, this game that's heavily inspired by D&D games, which were heavily inspired by board games and now it's being turned into (laughs) an RPG. Um, it's a really (laughs) weird Ouroboros of gameplay, but I'm really excited for it. I love Gloomhaven and its sequel slash expansion game, Frosthaven, is just as good, if not better. Um, if you're going to pay a hundred dollars for a board game, that is one that I would recommend, which I know sounds crazy, but it's very, very good. And they're adding, uh, Frosthaven to, um, what they're doing for the TTRPG, uh, it's interesting. I don't know, and they haven't said if it's going to be like in the base game, or they're planning, like, here, here's Gloomhaven, and now we're going to release this Frosthaven book. Um, I think it's a little bit uh, cart before the horse, even as much as I love Frosthaven. I'm excited for that, but whenever I hear about this big expansion before the game's even coming out, um, I start to get a little bit worried, just because anecdotally, when that happens, they didn't put enough love into the first book. Um, uh, you yeah. see it a lot with a lot of Hasbro mm. stuff that they put out. Even if it's not directly from Wizards, it's uh, happened with all the Power Rangers and Transformers books. It's it's happened with many other games, and it's just a little frustrating to see. Uh, like I, let's let's put out a really awesome book, and then let's talk about expanding it. Uh, mm-hmm. so there's just a little bit of that uh so uh, specifically what they have here so i'm reading from alex mehan's article over at Dicebreaker, and there's a quote in here um where they, they were asking so one user local coffee mancer asked whether there might be any chance that the creatures or classes from frosthaven make it into the gloomhaven rpg and childress uh from gloomhaven's design group uh replied to the question clarifying that while the initial rpg offering is centered around gloomhaven and those monsters our plan is to continue supporting the product with more content releases um and a big part of that will be the frosthaven setting so hopefully that means it's way further down the line and they're not like yep we're gonna roll this and it wasn't like an official announcement uh saying hey here's Frosthaven next uh, you know after three months um like the marvel book that definitely was a little underwhelming just said they, they put out like 16 different like announcements of expansions that they're doing for it and like the base game was fine uh, and, and a little disappointing. Uh, but listen, if you want to get the X-Men, they got a whole X-Men source book coming out. Um, and I'm like, I don't even know if I want to spend money on the first book. So that stuff just <laughs> makes me nervous. I know you two don't know too much about Gloomhaven, Frosthaven. Talk to me about the general vibes of these types of announcements. Shardae, what do you think of of them saying, hey, you, don't worry, we are going to get to that thing eventually for later releases?
2: yeah. <sighs> As somebody who is a fan of, unfortunately, some EA games, (laughs) (laughs) uh, it really, it also sounds off alarm bells like a business model type thing. Mm -hmm. It's like, yeah, we're going to make this TTRPG a bit more bare bones than it maybe needs to be so we can sell you more on the expansions. Mm -hmm. And I've seen that before. I hate it. But if I like it enough, I will be a shill and (laughs) do it. However, I don't think Gloomhaven... I don't have that history with Gloomhaven yet, so I can't really overlook it. I just kind of see the writing on the wall. But I I also can't fault it too much because if people like it enough, they will pay for it. Like, I am unabashedly... I own so many of The Sims 4, like, expansion packs, even though, (laughs) like, it is objectively the worst microtransaction game of all time and i will go on record saying that it is it is the worst they've taken old expansions from the sims broken them down into like four different packs so instead of paying 60 dollars, you're paying like 120 um for the newer versions so i don't know how much of a deterrent it will be for people who really 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 like gloomhaven um, but it, I think it will be a deterrent for those who are a bit more lukewarm to it or just, like, they could they could play something else if they don't want to support something that may possibly not be at, at the base game level what it deserves to be, you know?
1: Yeah, and, like, and Frosthaven, the way that it works, like, with the Gloomhaven stuff it is kind of like a separate setting. It's not like, oh, you're on the Sword Coast and you've worked your way up to Icewind Dale. It's a little bit of like, oh, it's its own continent. It's its own map. Mm. So I'm taking the quote... a little bit more optimistically and hoping hey no like we do plan on if this does well we're going to do a Frosthaven game um but it just seemed a little bit like yeah future releases like of course we're going to sell you this other product you know yeah yeah yeah
0: um
1: but there's also that part of it like you said like I am a show for this stuff like I'm looking at as much as I was complaining about the Power Rangers games I own every single book they've put out so
0: far
1: (laughs) (laughs) and I will definitely buy both of these books separately so maybe I'm part of the problem um but listen if the the first book is good. I will eat my words and yeah. it's awesome. And I'm going to be excited that I'm getting two books instead of one. Um Lisa, any anything to add?
3: I have a friend who plays Gloomhaven. Yeah. So I'm very intrigued to get in contact with her and find out more about what she thinks. But in terms of uh, the circle of games, I think that that's very accurate when things turn into other things, turn into other things. And, they just... <laughs> and also, yeah, I, I completely understand where Sade is coming from with, like, the whole um, EA comparison, because it's just... <sighs> but, it's... but it's just, it's capitalism, like...
0: <laughs> it is though
1: right like that's that's exactly it like I, yeah and
0: yeah. i
1: don't blame them get your bag if this is what you're gonna do like people are gonna yeah. buy it i i like the game it's a good product in my opinion. If I was going to pay $100 for a board game, that would be the only one I'd be really okay with it over. Um, that I just picked up mm-hmm. Heat, which is a kind of an expensive board game, which is really awesome. Um, it's about cars racing, but we can talk about that later. Uh, but like, when it comes to the product they're putting out, I think they do a really good job. And I know, obviously, this is a separate studio, just with, like the license. But um, if they put in any of that love and care, which I've seen when they put out the video game version of Gloomhaven it is almost one-to-one it's a really good adaptation of the board game they they definitely picked a studio that put in the work so i can appreciate that this is going to be possibly a very good product i just get a little nervous sometimes when they get ahead of the curve again shout out to the new marvel rpg Um, you got a lot of complaints, and and to answer those complaints, they're like, Don't worry, we're also going to sell you an X Men book. (laughs) That's what they took from the beta test. They're like, Oh, we should sell them an X Men product. Like, Oh, are we going to fix the issue? No, 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 we're going to sell them X Men.
2: No, 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 put more DLC on it. Listen, Wolverine, that makes it better.
1: They'll be happy. It's fine. Shoo shoo.
2: Yeah.
1: (laughs) oh Pat, Pat. here's man. your lollipop yeah in case you're wondering why there hasn't been a lot of coverage of that game because i was really disappointed <laughs>
0: um
1: <laughs> but i'll probably still play it so there's that anyways let's talk about the cowboy bebop rpg um it's a faithful recreation and this writer's opinion of uh the jazzy sci-fi anime and it's now available Uh, This comes from Chase Carter over at Dicebreaker. The official tabletop RPG adaptation of anime classic Cowboy Bebop is now available online as a digital download in English, Italian. Um, Groups can roll their own bounty hunters or live out untold adventures of Spike, Faye, Jet, and Edward using an action-focused system modeled after jazz music. Shardade, you give a shit about Cowboy Bebop.
2: Um, I've never seen Cowboy Bebop, but I've been told to watch it numerous times. Uh, (laughs) It's like a better version of Firefly,
1: in my opinion.
2: I mean, I do love Firefly. It's been a while
1: since I've watched it.
3: That I feel like that's controversial. You say anything not, it, better than Firefly?
1: No, it's a pretty really? common like take. Like this is not a hot take, uh, at least by the standards of the internet that I've existed on. Um, and there's and if you like that, like you're gonna be a little upset because you're gonna watch it and you go, oh, Joss Whedon steals a lot of shit um there is it came out in 1998 it came out like a little bit before firefly and you can tell mm. like that it's like heavily inspired by mm. um uh cowboy bebop you're gonna watch it and go oh wow because it's not just like oh there's a few like similar things it's like one for one the crew and everything and that can be chalked up to tropes and, oh and things like sure, that, sure. but it's dangerously close in a lot of ways. Mm,
2: interesting. I didn't know
1: that. Yeah. And like, even if you're like that, I liked firefly a long time more. Cause I, did, I wasn't as big into anime, at least that like classic anime. And I rewatched cowboy bebop for the first time as an adult last year. Um, and I, Oh, I, I really, really dug it. And I, I definitely see where they were going for. Um, and even like, Firefly versus Cowboy Bebop, if you're just looking for something to watch and you miss Firefly, because there's only a little bit of it, I would recommend Cowboy Bebop to kind of scratch that itch, because there's a little bit more, um, and like I said, very, very similar vibes.
0: Mm
1: -hmm. Um, But yeah, so back to the RPG, Uh, Cowboy Bebop RPG uses a system that's equal parts Blades in the Dark and sequence narrative progression through what uh, the game calls Tabs. Uh, these are cheekily labeled Smooth Talk, 3, 2, 1, and Let's Jam, which are uh, you know, shout-outs mm-hmm. to the, the opening theme song um each adds successfully more rules consequences but also potential payoffs to tempt players willing to gamble their lives or critical resources on a um, uh, big score so uh that's pretty cool yeah you can get the whole thing for 20 bucks on drive Through rpg uh i'm definitely going to check it out i'm really excited for it it's got a really cool setting the the space vibe is really cool um kind of mixed with the the jazzy art style and uh Uh, bounty hunting of it all because that's the you know their group of bounty hunters slash mercenaries you know trying to do their next thing who skirt the line of legal versus not legal Uh, Mm. again firefly (laughs) less western vibes uh, and more of that like the martial arts wandering movies but uh, uh, i highly recommend it i haven't watched the live action version so i don't know about that but um, (laughs) uh, i i didn't hear good things about it let's let's put it i hear
3: it exists
1: exactly but for it twenty is. bucks, you know. <laughs> yeah, it's you know.
3: it's on my Netflix to watch, but,
1: um, <laughs> did you watch Cowboy Bebop growing up, Lisa?
3: I did not know. Uh,
1: okay. So, so <laughs> watch the live action version and then be really disappointed when you go in because you're expected to tie together better like you did with uh, the D D movie. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> um Oh man. Call back to a show that if uh, people- <laughs> <laughs> In case you you uh, listen to our Patreon, I guess um, it all ties together. Go go give us a buck or two over there, so you can really get the joke. Um, <laughs> I I really like it. It does the thing that I really appreciate when it comes to an IP book, um, which is just just use stills. Like I like the thing that you're adapting. Like you don't have to. Um, go crazy with it and blow your whole wad. Like, let's let's use the, the artwork from the original thing. Uh, the only thing I think it gets away with that is the Power Rangers stuff. Not the Power Rangers TTRPG book, because that is just stolen assets. But when they did a Power Rangers uh, card game, they uh, had Dan Mora, one of the best artists around in comic books, but also one of the best Power Ranger artists, do all new cards for it. So they made, you know, art specific for it um in a art style that matched but cowboy bebop is so known for its art style and everything they did with it for anime specifically in the 90s i would have been remiss if they didn't just use you know shit from the show so it's exciting on that level but i don't know let me know if you're gonna check out cowboy bebop i know Charday is chomping at the bit to, to get at it so um we'll move on so nothing spoiled for her. right Charday
3: sharday has left the building
1: <laughs> man uh i don't know is that better or worse that i was referencing her so heavy uh since she can't uh reply to it
3: uh i feel like you knew this was coming and or you planned it and um yeah i'm a mastermind you're feigning you're feigning ignorance that's what's <laughs> happening
1: oh man so yeah go check out the cowboy bebop role-playing game moving on um the next game is also inspired by an IP. Adventure Time's official RPG will let you play as Finn, Marceline, and Holy original characters. Um, this comes from Cryptozoic is the game studio behind it. I'm going to read from uh, Chase Carter's article over at Dicebreaker. Uh, let's see. There we go. Sorry. Took a second to load. Fans of the popular animated series Adventure Time can return to the land of Ooh and craft their own whimsical tales when an upcoming tabletop RPG adaptation launches on Kickstarter later this summer uh adventure time the rpg comes via a partnership between cryptozoic entertainment and warner bros which holds the adventure time license cryptozoic has adapted finn and jake's universe into tabletop games before um with card wars which is a card game based on the card game within the show which is awesome i own it and uh and an expansion to their dc deck building game and the walking dead no sanctuary so they've done a lot with ips and they do a really good job with it um i haven't played too much of their ttrpg offerings so i don't know about that but um i'll be excited because adventure time is wholly ready to play uh an rpg game in that setting Ooh is just perfect to slide some more adventures in there uh did you ever check out any uh adventure time was that big for you lissa
3: um i watched a bit of it it was i watched it with my friend when i was in um when i was living in finland um, okay. And I was honestly, one of the most memorable things I remember about it was the one part that freaked me the hell out, which was, I think there's like a deer on one of the episodes and he <laughs> pulls off <laughs> his hooves and he has fingers. I went apeshit. And was so uncomfortable and was freaking out and yelling at my friend. And she was like, yeah, like, what do you mean? It's weird. And I'm like, he just pulled off his hooves and has fingers. And then now he's wiggling them.
1: But everything about Adventure (laughs) Time is weird. so. uh, I mean,
3: but that that was the most upsetting thing of the entire (laughs) show
1: uh so like they they had like when it comes to like the mechanics they don't have too much about like the design so far because the kickstarter is not up yet but they have uh this yes and mechanic and it uses a custom array of dice to determine the outcome of contests and conflicts um so it to me when they say that it kind of sounds like the genesis system um which has been used for the likes of like uh star wars so the fantasy flight rpg star wars uh age of rebellion uh and a couple other games and it's really heavily improv based so you would roll dice and you would have a certain number of successes and failures and then threats and uh boons so and you would kind of improv with your group well i think two threats means two stormtroopers show up and um but there but actually we had two boons so both of those canceled out so the stormtroopers hit their heads on on the thing as they walk in the door so they're taken care of and it's really improv heavy and really fun um i think that would work perfectly for adventure time so if they lean into those yes and mechanics i'm really excited to check it out um charday are you here did you make it back
2: maybe uh
1: Possibly. uh <laughs> did you watch uh, adventure time growing up or anything
2: um, I mean I think it came out when we were in high school. Yeah that's fair um, That's fair. growing
1: yeah. up we were pretty grown by the time it came out. Yeah
2: I I mean I, I think the same with lissa I watched it on and off like I've never been through the whole show it's been on my to-do list for a while because I know it was based off of a and d campaign and that automatically piques my interest <laughs> and I've watched the handful of episodes I have watched I have enjoyed it's very absurdist
0: mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. humor
2: so it's it's definitely, like, I'm intrigued by this. The only thing I don't know if I like too much is, like, playing as characters that already exist, like, playing as Finn and Marceline. You can do both um, in this game. But yeah, but I would probably lean way more into original characters. 100%. I'm not the biggest. Yeah. I'm not the biggest fan of, like, oh, I want to be just Batman, full stop. Like, or I just want to be, um, like, Harry Potter. Or mm-hmm. I just want to be, like, this character that... Already exists, but picked a lot of the... rich
1: white dudes, Sharda. I just want to throw that out there.
2: I did, I don't know why I went there. <laughs>
1: it's because it's a lot of media, Sharda. not hey, on yikes. you. <laughs> no, I need to pick women to balance
2: it out. Uh, Wonder Woman,
1: uh, <laughs> woman. she's just uh, a rich white woman, though. <laughs> <not widow. laughs>
2: All these superheroes. <laughs>
1: They're all just rich rich white people Oh shit God Um, God damn it But uh, I, I completely agree I love Adventure Time And I put it off for a really long time I actually got into it in college um, when I was mm-hmm. in high school uh, Shout out to my friend Celeste uh, She watched a shit ton of it and she was like You would love this because you are just these characters From the show This is exactly <laughs> the way you talk This is the shit that you say You would really into this and I'm like nah nah nothing likes me but me Okay, Full rocket raccoon <laughs> Uh
2: I'm wholly original Exactly and then I watched the show <laughs> and I
1: was like she's fucking right This is a masterpiece This I want to be friends <laughs> with these people This is how I talk um, And I take no offense to it In fact this is just perfect there's just more people like me now um and uh so i'm very very excited i love adventure time uh my daughter really liked it when she was really little and recently i brought it up and she didn't remember what it was so i'm about to have an awesome fucking uh rewatch so oh my god uh, amazing it's gonna be mathematical um that's something that they say on the show because i saw you You got, got really quiet You're like okay math okay sure uh anyways <laughs> 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 I'll let you know how that rewatch goes. Let's move on since you don't care as much about Adventure Time.
3: Um, I, I care, I care. I just haven't watched <laughs> the entire thing. Okay, do it. Like, it's
1: so good. And there's like I, three I've watched, movies that they made after. I,
3: I think, I think I watched the first season, and I think that's and then I started on the second season, but I think that's as far as I got because it was, it was mostly me watching it with my friend when we lived together and then when I moved uh, moved away from there like I didn't watch it by myself.
0: Yeah, it's too scary. So
3: really, really she should just move in with me again um, even though she's married now and you know has her own house and everything but Why don't what I'm hearing is her, I
0: feel
1: like that'd be the simpler answer here.
3: Yeah, I, I already called myself their adopted daughter um, okay. to the parents of her fiance. I've already said that I'm their adopted daughter. So sure. So you, know. you just
1: slowly move your stuff in until you're on, exactly. you're the dude on their exactly. couch in the basement.
3: They don't have a basement, but yes, I'm the dude on the couch in the computer room.
1: That's a little bit harder. Hard to – listen. <laughs> you you, you got to gotta befriend a couple that has a basement because otherwise you're just in their living room and that's a problem.
3: No, I'm in the computer room, which is adjacent to the living room. That's where work gets so it's So it's, it's at the back of the house.
0: Okay. All right. That's uh, no, that's
3: her gaming. That's her gaming room and where her uh, like books and storage of gaming stuff is.
1: I got you. Uh, well, anyways, <laughs> in case you want to follow up on more of Lissa's fr- uh, adopted parents, you can check that out. Uh, moving on to Witches of Midnight <laughs> TTRPG and Tarot Deck, a gender inclusive witch centered urban horror fords in the dark tabletop role playing game, a core rulebook, tarot deck, and dice set. Um this comes from the community. Alyssa actually sent this over. Uh this is a really cool project over on Kickstarter. Uh it's fully backed, so you can go throw your money at this and be ready to, to have the game come out, actually. Which is yeah. midnight, is a bustling metropolis shrouded in permanent enchantment of darkness, a crossroads between realms, and a beacon to witches the world over. Here, mundanes distrust us at every turn. Here, technology puts comfort just out of our reach. Here, the order binds our wild magic. Here, congregations submit to the order in exchange for fleeting power. Here, the fae are capricious allies to us as we upset the status quo. Here, we have our best chance to change the world. Um, so if you want to check out this Coven based game Witches of Midnight, you can head out over to the link. You can pick up the whole thing, I believe, for $44. Uh, you get uh, the PDF manuscript, PDF core rulebook, PDF tarot deck, digital stretch goals, and a few other things. You can you know always back for a buck and just help out. Um, I think you get the just the actual physical book for fifty five only and then they have stretch ones mm-hmm. to, to get mm-hmm. like the tarot deck and everything that goes along with it. Uh do you know what kind of system they use to play the game? Is it you use the tarot um, deck? To it does operate? say
3: it's forged in the dark.
1: Oh forged in the dark, that's right. Yeah, thank you. Um, so Forge in the Dark is a fucking awesome game, <laughs> so I, I think it's going to play well. I know I was just saying that I want to see more games use other systems, but if you are going to use a system, Forge in the Dark is a good way to go, Um, especially that, because they're basing this around the city aspect, and Forge in the Dark has okay. great city building mechanics Um, and, like, mm. factions around mm. the city. That's one of its main gimmicks, I would say, in the original core game. So the fact that the city is kind of a character in this i think it's gonna work really well with Forge in the dark plus you toss those tarot in there this sounds really rad mm. and uh yeah you know, as we've talked about being uh sluts for gothic horror <laughs> you know like this is yes. uh, uh almost like dresden vibes a little bit of like this like underbelly of this city being super um super magical i'm really excited for it so uh
3: yeah what do you think Lisa? The, the thing that brought uh, my attention to this, it's it's an alternate history of Earth where basically the witch trials were stopped by three witches oh, yeah. and who like made this grand reveal or whatever. Um, and then they basically... Witches are out and about from what I understand. And now they have technology and a great war and they're, they have the Fae. You have different things like the Order... Uh, you have wild magic and people trying to oppress witches and their wild magic. And, you know, it, it, I don't know. It just sounds it sounds right up my alley.
1: Yeah. Which it's, is it's, why I picked it up. It's really cool. If you like that, I recommend the show Motherland Fort Salem. Have you heard of that show?
3: I have heard of that show. I haven't watched it yet, but I have heard of it. Yeah, it's
1: basically the exact same pitch. So like it's set in ah. alternate America where witches ended their persecution over 300 years ago um they kind of cut ties so like they they have their own base of operations they have like a military i haven't watched it i have a couple of friends that that recommended it to me and i never made it but i remembered the pitch so um mm. Mm. so i apologize if i'm off on anything but i'm pretty sure alternate history uh like you know militaristic which is uh running things so if if you like that show i think you're gonna like um uh what's what's the name of the game i want to get it right witches of midnight so um we get drunk, play yeah. this game, watch that show. It sounds like a good day.
3: Yeah, 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 yeah. All about that goth, goth, gothic, gothic horror. Exactly. Or not even horror. Gothic, gothic witch shit. You know.
1: Yes, I, I don't know about horror vibes, right? It just seems like witchy, uh, Wiccan vibes. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
3: You could make it horror. Like you could be a dark witch. I mean, I are think you a good witch, maybe.
1: Or are you a bad witch?
3: It depends on the day, Terry.
1: <laughs> Charlie, are you back? Do you have any thoughts on Witches of Midnight?
2: Yes, I'm back, and I don't know how long I'll be back because it keeps booting me, but I heard what you're saying about it, and yes, this sounds totally up my vibe. I love <laughs> Witches, and I love uh, Dresden Files. Well, I used to. I haven't reread it in a while. I probably wouldn't like it as much now as a raging feminist, however. <laughs>
1: I don't think you, I don't think you'd like the beginning of the series. I think you might like it a yeah. little bit better as it goes on, like, later on in the yeah. series. Yeah. So but...
2: Yeah, I mean, I I got to, like... I don't even remember what the name of the book was, but I got pretty far into the series. I think I stopped reading it when I was in undergrad. There's like
1: fucking 20 of them. And you're the one There's who recommended so it to me while many. you were in undergrad. You're like, I've recommended it to a
2: lot of Dresden. people who just, who like urban fantasy. It's a great series, but I'm pretty sure if I were to go back, like you said, and read the like first handful of books, it's not great representation uh, for women. I but think the quote I had was, them. I don't think
1: this author has ever talked to a woman before. Um, which in my opinion would probably mean, like that's probably not true, but when you read that first book, it definitely feels like it
0: it might have been like an book, old it definitely
1: feels like it
2: <laughs> yeah it might have been old draft from before he was married because i think his bio said he was married
1: and that's i, I mean, again i apologize that's a pretty rough critique knows? but
0: uh <laughs> women
1: get a pretty short thrift in those books um yeah and yeah that was i remember saying that to you and you're like oh yeah no no he, he, there's not good women representation in it but you know magic's cool and i was like you're right like the magic is good in this, but <laughs> magic's cool
2: vibe is vibes are cool they have fairies and fey and that's right at my alley so yeah I mean,
1: and from what i understand that's team. kind of where the series goes after like kind of gets away from there being a yes, mystery in yeah, the city and more we're yeah. in this alternate overarching
2: world. yeah like fey realm kind of vibes from what i remember it's been so long but if this uh tpg is anything like that and capturing the vibes. Of the Dresden Files, but make them more witches and make them more women and make it more uh, like Salem Witch Trial vibes. But in like the modern day, I am all about it. Have you watched Motherland
1: Fort Salem?
2: I have no idea what you're talking about. So no. Oh, you, <laughs> that you just popped
1: up. Um, it is uh, yeah. essentially the same pitch as uh, um, Witches of Midnight. It's about uh, these witches who saved themselves from the witch trials, you know, 300 years uh-huh, ago yeah. and took yeah, yeah, over. Yeah. And so, like, they have, like, that. a military base. And I love it. Yeah. So, yeah, you go check those out. Uh, Moving on, last section of Bits and Bobs, we have Dungeons & Dragons reveal new information about the upcoming Fandelver campaign. This comes from Christian Hoffer over at comicbook.com. Dungeons & Dragons has revealed a full description of its upcoming Fandelver and Below campaign book. Last night, Wizards of the Coast updated the pre-order page for Fandelver and Below, the Shattered Obelisk Campaign Book. The description for the book revealed that the book will contain a bestiary with two dozen creatures, some of which have psionic magic. Additionally, a magic appendix will appear in the book with new consumable meta magic, Netherese amulets, and Dwergar magic, given that the titular (laughs) obelisk obelisks obelisks
3: obelisks
1: uh <laughs> were created by a group of netherese spellcasters the reveal that netherese magic items isn't exactly a surprise however it will be interesting to see if the dwergar magic has magic spells or just magic items so if you're really into all of that stuff including dnd and fandelver <laughs> um this is probably exciting especially when you think about like the minds of fandelver being like one of the first 5e books and this kind of going full circle as 5e is coming to a close as far as we know it. Um, it's kind of neat. I'm not going to check this out. (laughs) I don't know if you two are, um, or if you know anybody who will be checking it out. I just
2: haven't heard a lot about it. Honestly,
1: this is the first I heard of it. This is where I like, I am when it comes to these books and stuff is I'm just not, just not excited about a lot of stuff that's coming to 5e right now. Uh, when I play it, I use the stuff I already have, and I just... It's partly, I don't want to support wizards anymore, and partly, I'm just not as interested in the story of where that world is right now. Yeah. Maybe if we ever get a sequel to the movie, that'll change my mind, and I'll come back wholeheartedly, but uh, probably not. But if you like, you know, diving in there, psionic stuff's really cool. I like that they're doing more with the Underdark that isn't just uh, Drow related. I you know there's other shit going on there, so... Uh, and if you're playing Pathfinder, there's lizard people down there.
3: Pathfinder. I mean, that's <laughs> something that we should definitely play instead of D&D. Just Pathfinder?
1: Saying. Yeah. There's lizard people now.
3: <gasps> lizard people
1: uh anyways moving on uh (laughs) awkward science uh we just got a few more stories to wrap up and we'll get you out of here uh the village crier this is where we talk about all the stuff that didn't fit into our games and supplements section basically and kind of yell about the general news from the center of the town i got asked about that like oh how'd you come up with that like well there was shit that didn't fit into when people are saying buy this so we had to come up with a new segment um and we already had eye of the beholder where we argue about shit and we don't really need to argue about anything here so there's your answer yet
0: yet <laughs> we'll, we'll get yet. there
1: uh, let's first let's let's argue about pathfinder cyberpunk and boop when big at the 2023 origin awards did you know about the origin awards
3: because i didn't i did not no. What is um, the Origin Awards?
1: Uh, General TTRPG Landscape uh, Game Awards. The Origin Awards are an essential part of the annual Origins Games Fair, um, says Chase Carter over at Dicebreaker, which is hosted by Gamma. The winning titles are chosen by the Academy of Adventure Gaming Arts and Design and span 16 different categories from collectibles and fan favorites to graphic design and 3D artistry. So there's lots of cool stuff over there. Um, so mm. Besides the I already... I... Sorry, go ahead, Lisa.
3: No, I, I. The only reason why I may have seen this was I saw that, uh, Coyote and Crow won something on my Twitter
0: timeline, the RPG and I core think award. it
3: might. Yeah, I think it might have been this, but I didn't realize what this was and i didn't know what this was so it didn't even register in my brain hole when i saw (laughs) it that you know we should probably talk about it
1: right and pathfinder and savage worlds brought in honors for graphic design um on their cross system starter box perhaps unsurprisingly flamecraft was awarded the origins fan favorite proving these cute little dragons baking bread growing herbs and smelting ore still hold the heart of the wider tabletop space uh that's just a little bit of uh non ttrpg lord just tt just some tabletop gaming stuff over there um i'm not going to go too far into it uh, i just wanted to mention some of the other games that won when it came to the ttrpg space uh Modifius's box set for the dune adventures and the imperium rpg one best supplement the rich and majestic title became easier than ever to try thanks to agents of dunes all in one package i totally agree with that i recommend going to pick it up if you like dune uh it's definitely worth the money um and there's a few other things uh other inductees include veteran tabletop artist Jeff Easley, Brass and Steam board game series designer Martin Wallace and the Cyberpunk RPG series created by Mike Pondsmith published by R. talisorian Games and arc Nova designer Matthias Weig uh deemed this year's rising star so they have their own little like uh hall of fame type thing over there so uh, yeah, it is just called hall of fame. Yeah, mm. I get that wrong. Mm-hmm. I was like, I, it's some hall of something, but it is just hall of fame. So they they have a little inductee ceremony. So if you like TTRPGs, uh, or just tabletop in general, and you want another award. So there's a few now <laughs> there's, there's quite a few popping up. <laughs> um, I don't know how long origins has been going on, but, uh, go check that out if you're interested. I'll link to their actual site, not just this Dicebreaker article. Uh, but I want to throw it out there. Those games that won deserve those accolades, so that's pretty cool. Um, next up, we have surgery scars, stretch marks added to Hero Forge's digital miniature maker. Um, this comes from Dicebreaker from Jace Carter. Popular digital miniature producer Hero Forge recently updated their online builder to include a range of different scars, including stretch marks, surgery scars, and various medical procedures. This is really cool. Um, really inclusive, and just adds a lot of depth to creating characters on Hero Forge. I have Absolutely, had, uh, yeah. Yeah, I've had a hit-or-miss relationship with Hero Forge. So, <laughs> I'll get a figure that is perfect and everything, and then a player will sit down with a Hero Forge minifig, and it will just fall off its base. Um, both of those have happened uh, with, within the last like year <laughs> of buying stuff from Hero Forge. So. Uh, it, it sucks sometimes because like they're molding and they're sculpting. It's really cool. The customization is awesome and stuff like this is really, really neat. Um, especially when you talk about like gender affirming, affirming surgery marks, which is another one, which is just yeah. uh, mind blowing. Like you, you don't see shit like that when it comes to miniatures. So that's really, really cool. Um, listen, what do you think about this?
3: I mean, it's, it's, a, it's representation. It is bringing it is showcasing the people who have not been represented in spaces and it's, it's bringing that sort of diversity and bringing that representation, which I think is really important, especially if you want to live out your character, if you want to live out your dreams and if you want to like live out your truth in your character and especially like in a mini or in a game and you are able to create the mini, you know, who represents that fundamental being that you are and i think that that's super important that they have the option to let people do that
0: yeah that's and
3: rad. it's it's amazing like more people should be doing this
1: yeah 100 percent. and that's is like uh miniatures have definitely expanded especially customizable miniatures have definitely expanded hero forge is not the only person or only uh, company yeah. on the market that's doing that they are by far the biggest and most successful yeah yeah um so the fact that they're doing it i think we'll see other following suit um and as they should and as much as As they should exactly and i've had like i said issues with hero forge but i definitely got to commend them for this and i know several friends who have had no issues and they buy way more miniatures than me so uh it could just be a few outliers but um i'm excited for this it's definitely going to make me go and try out a little bit more of hero forge and uh you know if you just want to build a cool character too you don't necessarily have to spend any money over there just saying they let you do the full free mock-up and you can take a picture of it um fun it's just a good time so yeah go check out hero forge and i commend them for doing something so fucking rad uh sharday is missing again so let's go on to our last story dungeons and dragons to release new unearthed arcana playtest shifts 2024 players handbook back to 5e standards um this comes from christian hoffer over at comicbook.com this is a little bit of a doozy um i have a feeling that we're probably going to talk about this more next week so let me read a little bit of this and we'll get out of here Dungeons & Dragons appear to be abandoning several proposed changes to its ruleset in favor of character building frameworks much more aligned to the current ruleset. Today, Wizards of the Coast released a new video that provided an overview of the next Unearthed Arcana playset, which which will be released on June 29th. Notably, the video revealed that this Unearthed Arcana would be the biggest ever, but would also feature the return of several notable character progression features, most notably each class's capstone ability will once again be earned when a player reaches level 20 and the subclass progression for each character class are returning to its 2014 progression with the exception that every class's subclass abilities will start at level three earlier playtests played around with the idea that character class progressions would be standardized meaning that all classes would learn either a class ability or subclass ability when reaching the same level um so the fact that they're kind of backing out on some of these really big things showed that uh, they were listening because people were not happy about it, according to the playtest results that they had kind of listed mm. in other videos. Um, same thing with, like, the whole capstone ability thing. Uh, that was another thing that people were mad about. Was yeah. Like, what's the point of hitting level 20, right? With, like, the epic yeah. and stuff. Yeah, yeah. So it, it's not surprising to me. Um, but this is yet another case where they're just, like, stepping back on what they're changing. And every time they do this, as much as, like, I, I wouldn't say that we were detractors of it. We were just like, all right, let's see what you're going to put out on this show, at least. Um, more and more, it seems like, what's the point of this new version? Like, they're, it's... what's changing?
3: Yeah, I mean... It, it's, I, I listened to the interview of... Who did the interview? Um, they did an interview on the three black halflings for uh one of the people who was mm-hmm. one of the ones that talked out um about Jeremy, the whole I think, right? Was it Jeremy? I can't remember anymore. Um this was a couple weeks ago, but yeah, they, they did the whole interview about like the uh was it Jeremy everything Crawford?
0: About...
3: I don't think so though, was That's it?
0: That's
3: okay. Yeah. You um. Won. Anyway. Uh. What was I saying? You <laughs> we, were listening we
1: to the interview through by Halflings, and they were talking about the changes that were incoming to. 5.
3: Oh yeah. So they were talking about like the one D and D as how it stands compared to five E.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: And it was, it was sort of like they they don't want to continue onwards from 5e but like that whole interview was just very suspicious um <laughs> like it, 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 in 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 him not answering the questions that jeremy cobb was and uh, olivia were asking him to, to do with you know the how things went on you know with the um the the whole thing at the beginning of the year uh, the orc and uh, the the common license and all of that kind of stuff and then also this was they didn't discuss the Pinkertons, unfortunately but and also like the whole
1: they have since then just so yeah they have they have
3: they have i haven't listened to that episode yet but i'm getting (laughs) but yeah i just i don't know i i don't know man it's just i have very little faith (laughs) <laughs> in Wizards of the Coast these days.
1: Same. And it's not like, I'm not trying to say, like, they're doing what they do, doing what they don't. I, I, to me, like, I'm often excited about the new thing. When they're saying, hey, we're going to move on from 5th edition and kind of revitalize it a little bit, I'm in if it's good if they know what they're doing and because yeah, the the, the, the <laughs> most of the audience isn't and they're kind of walking that yeah. back i'm like well then just don't do it at all like why are you still doing this
0: it's
3: it's like the whole gist of that interview like why i originally brought it up mm-hmm. on here cuz i was kind of circling around the question not <laughs> answering it um was that they were talking about the importance of the community coming to uh tell them if they do something wrong and my original thought was well why are you relying on the community as an afterthought mm-hmm. to like tell you if you're doing something wrong instead of you know like making sure you don't do anything wrong in the first place <laughs> and it's just like that whole interview was just off-putting in 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 in, in a, like many ways and yeah I just <sighs> I don't know anymore like yeah they're improving it yeah it, but still, like, they're taking feedback, but again, I, I don't know that, I don't know that, like, I, I, I trust them anymore.
1: Yeah, and this revised version, because they've taken so much out of, like, what their original idea was, and I think that's good, because I don't think people liked where they were going with it, which is fine. It like this is going to be a revised version of fifth edition, definitely. But I think it's getting closer and closer to being just a revision and just barely even being that. Yeah. So you know
3: why 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 trying to make it if you're going to do something entirely different, do something entirely different, do it how you want to do it. But then if you're listening to the community, and the community what the community wants ends up being just a revised edition of five e because what they were saying essentially was that they don't want to touch 5e because 5e is is doing, you know, so well by itself that they don't want to re- revise it, they want to do something entirely different from 5e, so not touch 5e and then make an entirely new system, but if they're if they're just, you know, if what the community wants is just a revised 5e edition, one D&D is going to end up being a revised 5e just by the community feedback that's going to come from the community.
1: And that sounds like uh, closer to a win, right? For, for D&D fans and 5E fans. That's probably what it's going to yeah. end up being. Um, just a reason to but spend it- a little bit more money. But um, then,
3: but then, why call it one D and D and like distinctly separate they... it from Five E? Because that's they, what...
1: like they were they were going to. I don't think that's what we're gonna see so much. They <laughs> yeah. keep saying stuff like that because they still want to sell that product. But I really think it's it's still just gonna be Five E. Like every time, like they 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 have not put out an unearthed Arcana without walking something back since everything happened. And I just, I don't see it being this big, giant change anymore. I think, like, yeah. even in that article where they, they kind of say both. They kind of say, like, we want to leave 5e al- alone, but this isn't going to be a new thing. It's going to be, like, a little less than 5.5, basically. <laughs> so uh, I think this is going to be barely worth the the money when it comes to changing over. I think there's going to be some good changes. I think there's going to be some good, like, nomenclature taxonomy issues, um, both, like, politically-wise, but also both just, like, like problems overall with this game being published this mm-hmm. long as it has been so i think it's going to be good to revise the game i just don't think it's going to be worth oh i'm investing all my money into one D and i think it will be uh a lot closer to just hey we're going to kind of revitalize 5e um but yeah i was, don't yeah
3: i don't know that it's like them distinctifying it from 5e I don't know that it's going to be that memorable in a way because it sounds like they're like jump It's a jumping off point and they're trying to do something different. And like instead of just continuing with like 5.5 or even 6 edition, I just feel like, you know, like when you have um, a, a, a sort of the analogy that I'm thinking is like you have an, a series, right? and you have a spin-off of that series and then the spin-off never does as well as the main series because it's just a spin-off like it tried to do something different it but tried it, to run 100%. with a similar idea but it's ju- it's a it's a spin-off and it's so like i feel like it's not because it's not sticking or sticking to like what it actually is going to end up but they're not or even, what it looks not even like the doing off
1: though like this was meant to reply. this is like the future of D&D. And now yeah. it's just barely a little bit changes from, from 5th edition, though. So, like, it's not a spinoff. Like, the way, when they say they're trying to keep 5e, the point was that, like, oh, don't worry. There's still 5e stuff. We're not going to stop selling you that. Um, but this is going to be the future. But now it's not. Like, this is just more 5e. Like, it, they're but- not doing this big change anymore.
0: Where
3: where where are they gonna go from one D and D? Is it gonna turn into two D and D? Like what's the continuation of this, or is it one D and D point one point five D and D? Like what? Well, their
1: original idea how? was what? just not not do two D. It's just it is just one D and D like forever. This will be D and D, and we update it. Um, and those never work. You you can't make just like the pure platform oh, and never change it because yeah, game mechanics that's... wants change. You know.
3: Yeah, that's where they went wrong in the first place. I feel
1: like one hundred percent. They went wrong when uh, when uh-huh. a giant corporation goes, "Well, let's milk these people." And we said, oh well, yeah.
3: I mean, that's that's just uh, consumerism. We were and fine capitalism. being milked
1: until you said you were going to do it, and now we're mad about it.
3: Well, we we noticed that you were milking us. We were fine being milked until you told us, "Oh, look, there's milking," and then we suddenly like saw behind the curtain. We're like, oh. <laughs> oh my god you're milking us
1: okay (laughs) and i was i was fine with being milked but but now you're being greedy about it i don't have that much milk okay there's only so much milk to go around as bro
3: it's like pointing out the elephant in the room and then you're like there's an elephant in the room and it's pink
1: shouldn't have done that we were fine we were fine everyone was cool with where we were and now we're all upset uh, but anyways, this has been the Cave Trolls podcast. Thanks so much for listening. Um, we're going to thank you for Sade as well. She's left to go fight crime. Um, uh, when that bat signal goes up, Sade goes out and there's nothing we can do about it. Uh, so good luck and Godspeed Sade uh thank you so much for listening if you like this you can head over to campy kill get a bunch of other comic book content a bunch of other podcast content lots of good stuff over there if you liked it a lot a lot you can know, head on over to patreon.com slash killed creations you get early content bonus content for a few bucks over there like sharday's lore rights uh making d just a little less uh problematic with some art from me design from lissa you can get uh uh, cave trolls after the after dark. You can get our bitches and books book club. Lots of cool shit over there. Um, next up, you can find us on all sorts of social media. This podcast is at cave trolls pod on Twitter. Um, you can email us campykillcreations at gmail dot com. Uh, you can find me at ResidentStevel on Twitter, but mostly you can find me at K- CBK Comics on Twitter and on uh, with all the other TikToks and Instagram, at Can't Be Killed Comics. Uh, lots of cool comic book content over there, and I talk about these shows as well. Uh, I'm trying to grow our TikTok following, so if you're on TikTok, go follow us over there. I'll put the link below um and just to show for myself my new comic book tokyo fire is coming to zoop in august you can go over to uh, zoop.gg that's z-o-o-p.gg and under coming soon you'll see tokyo fire lots of rad art from sky hawkins um writing by me obviously and uh if you're excited about it or if you want to get notified when the campaign launches please do that it goes a long way. You can click the little button put in your email. And we'll tell you all about it. If you want to check out the preview. It's over at slash comics. So lots of cool shit coming from there. Um, Lissa, where can the people find you online?
3: I am not a thing. I do not exist <laughs> See, I'm not just a pigment I'm just I'm just a figment of your imagination really just a figment of everyone's imagination. Um, so I don't actually exist but the Solomon Trolls Charles have a Twitter account which is run by Charday at Slovenly Trolls. We also have an Instagram that runs itself at Slovenly Trolls. And what else do I need to plug? Uh, right. I don't exist, so I don't have a Twitter or an Instagram. Um, <laughs> we can plug the Slovenly Trolls to...
1: podcast as a whole.
3: Yeah, yeah, yeah. You should go listen to the Slovenly Trolls podcast. We talk about problematic things about d d just like we do sometimes on Cape Trolls. <laughs>
1: uh i believe except the, more in
3: depth
1: yeah exactly very very long shows that are awesome well researched uh reading directly mm-hmm. from the slovenly trolls solicit join two big bad evil girls as they rant about D feminism and the high wizard of patriarchy uh in this monthly deep dive host sharday and lissa discuss the problematic past of tabletop rpgs and how we can learn from them have a seat pour some mail and roll some dexterity saves to avoid all the broken glass. uh well said well spoken go listen to the slovenly trolls damn it um and our final plug is for Hammer of the Gods, friend of the show DM Rick uh has an actual play TTRPG podcast set in an alternate history homebrew world based around ancient Greece and Greek mythology where Alexander the Great made allies with Atlantis to expand his empire beyond earth follow the Hampod crew as they explore this world and stay for the shenanigans and BS that ensue um so go check that out it's on spotify it's on all the different podcast networks hammer of the gods or Hampod for short do it you cowards um that's it for the cave trolls uh we are sorry and we're out Woo. done once again we have that special time where we get to thank our patreon producers right now we have kim winson jeremy raymond the Lorax and Trobot Thank you so much for helping us keep the lights on. The mic's rolling. You keep chicken sandwiches in our pockets and you keep us having fun on the mic. Thank you so much.